0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to ICO 101, a Crypto 101 podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Paul. At ICO 101, we look at initial coin offerings, security token offerings, utility token offerings, and general crowd sale offerings from an average consumer's perspective. We preview pre- and post-sale offerings while engaging with the leaders of those companies in order to help you make an informed decision on how you want to participate in these tokens, securities, or initial coin offerings. ICO 101 Podcast is on the Crypto 101 Podcast feed, so please find Crypto 101 Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and CastBox. Leave a positive rating and subscribe to it. It helps us stay in the top charts. Visit our website at ico101podcast.com. I'm very active on Twitter, so please follow me there at sup aaron paul. While you're there, follow the show at ICO101podcast. Send me all the private messages you want. I love getting them, and I try to respond as fast as I can. And just as a reminder, folks, I'm not a professional investment institution, bank, lawyer, or accountant. I'm not offering any legal, accounting, or financial advice, so please make sure you listen, take notes, research, and make your own informed decision regarding STOs, ICOs, ITOs, and general crowd sales. In this week's episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Phil Zamani. Phil is the chairman and CEO of Ergo. He is a veteran business manager with over 20 years experience in building businesses using leading edge open source solutions and now blockchain. Phil is experienced and successful in both disruptive small startups and large global companies. His foundation Ergo proposes to be a fourth generation enterprise ready blockchain protocol combined with an IT platform that uses advanced technologies. But before we begin, I want to give you a heads up on something I don't want you to miss during the interview. And that is that Ergo is looking to hire 100 people in the next six months. As you will hear in this interview, these positions are not limited to developers or coders, so please, if you have a non-technical skill set, if you are excited about blockchain technology, and if you want to take a leap from your current industry into this space, then you might want to check out Ergo after the interview. With all that said, I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I did, and without further ado, please enjoy my time with Phil Zamani of Ergo. Phil Zomani, Chairman of Ergo Foundation, welcome to ICO 101.
1: Good morning. Thanks for having me.
0: I really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you for taking the time to come on. I'm really looking forward to talking about Ergo Foundation and what you guys are all about. But before we do, I want to talk about you. Let's give the listeners a one on about yourself.
1: Who are you? My name is Phil. I've been with Ergo for the past year, just under a year. My background is for the last 25 years, I've helped companies around the world use IT software for their business. Uh, specifically, I've run a number of software companies in Europe and around the world, companies like Red Hat, VMware, Spring Source. So if your listeners have heard of products like Linux or Android or OpenStack or Java, I've pretty much worked with software developers and business development teams around the world that have used these products to help companies transform the way they do business with IT by using predominantly open source software. Hmm. So I guess you can call me a, a hybrid of a business and a t- technical specialist around open source enterprise IT.
0: What's your leadership background?
1: Sure. So I've led everything from small startup teams up to teams of over 500 developers in companies like Deutsche Telekom. So I've worked with very small, disruptive, new and large enterprise development teams. So a whole range of leadership from small teams to large teams, combination of technical marketing and business development and sales. What is the role of the chairman? What do you do? Sure. So as chairman, my role is really to try and help the team with the strategy and the business development aspects and the whole if like organization structure and strategy around the ergo foundation you may not know but ergo is actually an open source foundation Mm -hmm. so it's a not-for-profit organization based in hong kong and the reason for doing this is that and we'll hear later is developers are central to our strategy here. So being open source and being a not-for-profit foundation is a requirement in my mind to be successful. So I guess you can call me the chief of strategy and I'm blessed to have some great people around me which help me look good and help me make the right decisions every day.
0: Awesome. So now that I know you guys are your nonprofit, what's the relationship between Ergo and Blocko? I was going to ask that later, but I feel like... I noticed that the two are closely related in the white paper, on the website, um, on on some of your guys' medium posts. What's the relationship between the two?
1: Sure, sure. So Blocker is a South Korean-based software company. They're actually one of the oldest and uh, most, most experienced blockchain teams around the world. For four years, they're focused on using blockchain technologies to help enterprise businesses experiment and do proof of concepts. Around blockchain, And as of the past two years, I've actually done over 20 production systems for very large clients, companies like Samsung themselves, Hyundai, Kia Motors, Lotte Card, hmm. the largest bank in Korea called Shinhan, yeah. and also the government itself. So Blocko is a technology expert-based company around blockchain. Their core technology has been used for the last four years called CoinStack, and Blocko itself has contributed its code and its skills to help us build the core technology around Ergo. So you could call this the the genesis of Ergo. It comes from Blocko. So Blocko is a strategic technology partner and support organization behind Ergo.
0: And what is your role in Blocko?
1: I'm co-CEO. So what that means is, uh, along with my colleague, Jinzok, who runs Asia, I help to drive the international strategy for Blocko and to Make sure that Bloco focuses its team and its resources on the Airgo Foundation. So it's a hybrid role to make sure that Bloco not only migrates its uh, skills and technology to help Ergo, but it's also to make sure that we consider businesses outside of Asia to make sure we have a pretty much a global perspective.
0: Okay, well, but why did you guys split them up? Why, how come? How come? Uh, how come you just guys just make another arm within Bloco?
1: a yes, good point. Um, beyond companies like Samsung, I think your listeners will struggle to name many tech companies coming out of uh, South Korea, even though it's very rich with technology here. Uh-huh. So the whole rationale for doing this was to not only be, uh, enable the technology to reach a larger audience, but we also wanted to reach a larger open source audience. So we wanted to put the, the whole foundation in a neutral country, in this case, Hong Kong to enable us to think globally and act globally here. If you stay in South Korea, you'll pretty much end up being an Asia-focused business. And we think this technology and this platform applies to business all around the world.
0: I got you. So let's get into Ergo. Tell us about it.
1: Yeah, so Ergo is, in effect, we call it a fourth-generation platform. So if I may, let me explain what that means. There are many platforms or technologies out there. So you could consider Bitcoin as a first-generation platform, single application, single chain. You could consider Ethereum a second-generation platform, multiple smart contracts on a single chain. And then so-called third-generations are systems like Hyperledger or EOS that are trying to solve specific performance-related issues around blockchain. This is a bit different in that it's more than just blockchain. On the one side, Ergo combines a hybrid approach. It provides the best of a private implementation with a new public chain and the ability to run those two together that's the first element second is we're bringing in new software development techniques that are used by large software companies like apple google facebook to develop apps at scale that can run on millions or billions of devices so this is called enterprise software development or microservices Mm -hmm. third is everything we do is built around open source open source technology open source licensing and pretty much an open source mantra and last but not least Everything that Blocker has learned, good and bad, mainly good, and how to make blockchain work at scale, we're codifying or uh, building into so-called blueprints to allow companies to be able to stand up a blockchain within weeks, uh, let alone months. So fourth generation, because we combine best of blockchain, best of enterprise software development and cloud computing, pure open source and deep expertise that we're trying to make available to everybody to use this platform. So Ergo is, is as such a fourth generation platform.
0: That's awesome that you said that because I read that on your white paper and I said, What's a fourth generation blockchain? And I actually had that question written down. So I appreciate you answering that already. I want to go backwards a little bit. What got you into blockchain? You've been with Blocko for, I guess, what did you say, three, four
1: years? No, 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 just under a year, literally. Just, just under uh, a year. What made you guys,
0: well, I mean, what got you into the blockchain space?
1: Well, I was asked to advise the board on strategy around open source early this year. And once I got to see what they had done in Korea and uh, and actually see and meet the team, I was blown away. I've had the benefit of being one of the early innovators in the Linux space, in the GNU space, in the Java space. So I, I'm excited by new technology, especially when it's open source. So I've, I've done five disruptive projects and this is my sixth. So when you see a team like this and you understand how they serve customers and that customers love the team love the technology hence why some of those clients like samsung have invested in block itself you've got to realize this is a a really an a1 team so i'm i'm here because i enjoy working on uh, new projects and especially when you have a great team such as a team here in korea
0: awesome We often have guests on the show who come from a technical background, but it takes them some time to really dive in and understand the technology. CZ from Binance was on uh, Crypto 101 and said it took him six months to figure out what all of it was. How long did it take you to really grasp the potential of blockchain?
1: Probably three months, and again, uh, there are many similarities in blockchain to things I've seen before with uh, disruptive tech. Uh, the whole open source movement was about changing the way people look at how they use technology from proprietary to open source. Uh-huh. And blockchain is like that. It's changing people's views of using proprietary databases to using decentralised databases. But what's exciting is really what, what opportunities that, that provides the company. So it took me around three months. But uh, I, I was lucky, as I said earlier, to have been blessed to work with some great developers and the founder of Blocko, his name is Wonbom Kim. is probably one of the best engineers I've met in my life. And I've met wow. people like Linus Torvalds. So being with him for a few weeks, literally doing, as you say, a one-on-one on blockchain, helped me understand how this technology could transform businesses around the world.
0: So once you dove in <laughs> and you looked at Block and you said, this is what we're doing. You guys said, we got to start this. This is Ergo. What differentiates Ergo from existing blockchains? Is it the only fourth generation blockchain out there?
1: So I think... Beyond Google and IBM, I don't think anybody's attempting such a large scale project like we are. This is not a small undertaking. If we succeed in delivering what we think we can deliver and attracting the right partners and customers and developers, this will be a transformative platform for the next 10 years. So it is very, very broad. So when people ask me, who do you compete with, do we compete with people like Ethereum and EOS, we don't see them as competitors. We see them as, in effect, technology partners all pushing the same agenda, trying to get distributed blockchain in the hands of customers. Companies who compete with us are companies like Google, like IBM, very large-scale companies. So we are really setting our aims very high. We've got a great foundation with the team in Ergo and Blocker that has some great core technology. And now we're building out the things that we don't have yet. So I'm pretty excited. This is going to be hopefully one of the platforms of choice for many years to come.
0: So you're targeting enterprises. When you said, oh, here's I've been in tech for 25 years. Here's blockchain. This is amazing. I'm super excited about it. Here's the use cases. Here's what we can build to affect global enterprises what's the problem with the global enterprises that you see where where are they now where do you want to see them and then how do you convince them to get on board with the total ergo solution
1: so 20 years ago literally to this year the same scenario happened with linux linux emerged as a possible candidate to replace former Unix systems in many, many large enterprise companies. At the time, not many people even knew what open source was, let alone would they dare using this in the enterprise. The same things happening with blockchain. There's lots being written about blockchain or lots are written about Bitcoin and the technology and uh, the regulation here. There's many, many press releases, many, many so-called POCs. But what you do not see are large-scale deployments. And there's a reason why They're not deployed yet. It's difficult. With the exception of IBM and now Blocko, there aren't many companies who have over 20 in-production live use cases with many millions of users running on blockchains. This is what we have with Blocko. And the the challenge for businesses, they are looking at this, but it's seen as too disruptive, too difficult today. So part of the challenge for Ergo is to make this difficult technology easy to understand to the layman, to the simple developer, to the simple SQL developer, to make sure that they can experiment and build new systems. Making blockchain work is not that difficult. Making blockchain work in a business is hard. Uh Making it work in a business with millions of users where you have issues such as support, maintenance, security, and you need very large-scale deployed servers to have an uptime of what's called 99.9999% is Mm -hmm. extremely difficult. This is the the problem we're trying to solve, to make blockchain easy to use for very large-scale enterprises at scale.
0: I want to tackle a couple of things, actually. The first one that I thought was really neat was essentially... One of the things I think I read it in your white paper, it's not necessary with the Ergo solution for an enterprise to learn that their developer doesn't need to learn code. What you guys will have is a blueprint, as you said, or a template where almost it's plug and play. They can use their existing languages that they're they're very skilled at to deploy blockchain within their enterprise. Did I read that correct? And did I understand that correctly?
1: Absolutely right. So... The the challenge with technology, and having been here for over 20 years, I can speak with some knowledge around this. There tends to be lots of excitement around new technology here. The truth is most disruptive platforms end to be a combination of new technology and old established technologies here. So with all this euphoria around blockchain changing the world, people have forgotten that the average developer does not want to pick up a new language, in many cases, does not need to pick up a new language. We have great languages like Solidity and they're great for advanced use cases in blockchain. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, there's less than 100,000 developers around the world, we believe, actually skilled at Solidity. Mm -hmm. But people have forgotten there's over 8 million SQL developers around the world. These are the people who codified or implemented databases like Oracle, SAP, DB2, InfoMix, in hundreds of thousands of companies around the world. They've been forgotten. Well, we fixed that. We've actually taken the SQL technology and modified this and built a purpose-built engine called SQLite that allows SQL developers to very quickly start developing smart contracts on Ergo. So we've opened up suddenly a much much larger surface area of developers that we hope will allow Ergo to be adopted across the world.
2: Hey everyone, I am super excited to tell you this special news. The Crypto 101 team, myself and Daniel Salam wrote a book. It's called Crypto 101 johnny's guide to cryptocurrency and in this book we follow an old friend of ours johnny who has been popping up in episodes over the past year to get the 101s on technology terminology and blockchain and in this book he goes through everything a noob might need to know about getting into crypto from the fomo the fud the 14 stages of emotions the terminology the technology and it's all wrapped up in an amazing story following johnny his family and his friends it's not a boring read and it's for everyone for your kids for your parents for yourself so please keep an eye open for johnny's guide to cryptocurrency coming the beginning of november so you can pick it up for your family your friends for christmas it's a great read but you don't have to take my word for it now back to the show So if
0: blockchain is hard, if the technology is new, it's an emerging technology, there's a lot of misunderstanding <laughs> as to what its applications can be from a average consumer. And when I mean average consumer, let's just talk, call it an average enterprise. Oh, I've probably heard of this blockchain thing. What do you guys do? You, you walk into a boardroom and you say, you guys need this. Here's what it's going to do. Here's going to transform your business.
1: What business? Sure. So we we actually never go into a boardroom and tell them you need blockchain. What we do, we go in and when we're invited and ask them, what are they trying to achieve? What are they trying to do with their business? And if it's appropriate, we would recommend blockchain. So the truth is, for businesses, and let me just define what I mean, uh, the best way to look at this is to look at data. So they say data is the new oil Mm -hmm. for the economy of the world. Well, if it's the new oil, then how come it's only in the hands of companies like Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google and companies like uh, Alibaba. It, the truth man. is date, yeah, yeah. data is difficult. D- data is difficult to manage, data to control and to secure. You have you may have heard, in fact, today there was a Facebook breach for over 50 million consumers. Yep. So data is complex. And every business today, if it interacts digitally, which is probably over 95% of all businesses around the world, have to learn how to use their data and secure this. So blockchain provides an opportunity for businesses to use data as as their real oil. And the difference is instead of putting their data into a centralized ecosystem where it's really controlled by a few very large organizations like the ones I mentioned earlier, with blockchain you can put your data out to share with other, other companies, other users, other ecosystem players. So it really is a way for businesses to turn their data into an asset, which will ena- enable them to build new supply chains or new use cases. So really, a distributed database like blockchain provides the opportunity for businesses to start thinking about using their data to sell and build new value-added products to their consumers and their business users around the world. So it really is disruptive.
0: And when you say that, you say, for example, the storage of data, right? Amazon Web Services has the lion's share of the, the data storage, right? You guys are trying to disrupt that, to keep that within.
3: And, and... You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable.
0: Enterprise or a corporation to where they can store large amounts of data distributed within their network with the ability for other networks to communicate or to work with whatever data needs each other has. Is that is that what I understand?
1: Yeah, yeah you're pretty much on the point there. So if you look at cloud computing, you mentioned AWS. Uh, there are five or six large vendors out there, AWS, Microsoft Azure, IBM Bluemix, Google Cloud, and now Alibaba in China uh-huh. as well. But pretty much, if you use those cloud solutions, and they're great solutions, you're pretty much locked in to one ecosystem versus the other. It's not easy to migrate a business or service from Amazon AWS to another service like Microsoft Azure. They're not compatible. Why? because the companies behind them want to lock customers in. That's how they make money, That's right. by locking companies in. And with blockchain, you have the ability to move that data away from central ecosystems, silos, as you call them, to more decentralized architectures. There's no reason why a company building their business on Ergo could not run the blockchain infrastructure on their own infrastructure in-house, or within a local telco that may be local, a telco being a telecommunications hosting provider that happens to be the same country, the same city, providing three things. Number one, data does not leave the local environment, which is great for privacy. Mm -hmm. Two, they provide high-speed networks because they're literally local, typically fiber. And three, the support contract is local. It's in the local language. And often businesses already have established relationships with telcos. So we see telcos as great partners to adopt the Ergo ecosystem to allow their local customers to build new business ecosystems using Ergo on top of their server farms that are local.
0: If I'm a small business, I'm a small business owner, I don't know, maybe I do 250,000, 300,000 in revenue. I want to deploy blockchain technology into my small business. Are you guys agnostic into who will be able to use Ergo? Can small businesses use it? Is it just limited to large, maybe medium-sized companies?
1: When we say enterprises, we mean companies of 100 employees or more, not necessarily hundreds of thousands of employees like AT&T or China Mobile. It scales, we believe, to that level. The truth is any business that has a need to interact with other businesses or users where they want to share data can use a blockchain. The difference is if you're a small business, you typically will not have a very large IT team or the know-how to use enterprise software. We're fixing that with the so-called blueprints. We believe that there are a number of use cases in Ergo that will allow businesses to stand up a blockchain-based system within weeks, not months. These are the so-called blueprints. So we're making this really, really easy to use. The difference is, and the hard thing, is to make it usable from a small-scale business up to a very, very large global enterprise. That's the skill and the difficulty of building an an enterprise platform.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love the concept, like you hear all the time, you know, you just know internet works, or you just know you don't have to know HTML, you just have to know it works. You know, when you you log on the internet, it's good to go. And I love that it can be plug and play, especially from the average consumer side. It would be great. The transformative nature of somebody who doesn't have time to retool themselves, but is really interested in blockchain to be able to use existing skill sets to deploy or to be of value to companies is, I think that's amazing.
1: Yeah, and there's one thing I forgot to mention, which is not only making it easy to use, But if these systems cannot be integrated into existing systems, so-called legacy IT, they will fail to get adoption. So we spend a lot of time thinking about the interface points, the integration points, to allow these systems to work with existing IT systems. Typically, these IT systems are built around a proprietary database, like Active Directory, from Microsoft, or Oracle, or SAP, or DB2, or InfoMix. We spend a lot of time making sure that these systems can be integrated, because otherwise, you'll end up with so-called silos or islands of automation and that will inhibit the scale and the the usefulness of the system. So we we are taking quite a a pragmatic, stable approach to making sure when we deploy Ergo, not only will it work at scale, it can integrate to these systems. And that's part of the challenge of making this a so-called fourth generation platform. Mm,
0: Sounds exciting. What's the function of your token? I, yeah. I was looking at yeah. it and it's it's pretty robust there's a lot of uses for it
1: how, yeah how does it work? so it's quite com- yeah it's quite complex and uh, let me try and give you uh, three of the main u- utilities of the token firstly unlike other chains not everything has to be paid for so most of the features you'll find on the public argo chain which is a public core chain are free of charge to use it's only when a developer or a business starts to activate special services like additional bandwidth or additional storage that they will pay a so-called the equivalent of a gas fee. So there will be a form of gas fee for some of the smart contract execution. That's the, the baseline usage of the token. Second is block providers will have to own tokens and stake tokens, in other words, commit tokens to the ecosystem to not only run the actual blockchain itself and provide the blocks, but also to make sure they're good citizens and they participate in the whole ecosystem and do the right thing to support the infrastructure. So tokens will be used by block providers as a staking mechanism, as a way of committing their services to our clients. And last but not least, we have an innovative service called Ergo Hold. <laughs> which allows companies to deploy blockchains on private or special instances like AWS or their own private servers. So the token will be used as a unit of exchange for businesses if they want to run a so-called private implementation on a high-performance network. They will buy those services via the Ergo token. So you can see the token at three levels. One is basic service feeds like gas. Second is as a staking mechanism for key participants and for voting in the ecosystem. And third is to enable services such as running your private chain on a private instance. But there's also a fourth one, which is new, which is, in effect, we believe the long-term future of tokens for enterprise deployment, its support. No business will deploy... An enterprise infrastructure on any software, unless there's a support contract with a vendor that will give them so called 24 by 7 support. And that's where Bloco comes in. Bloco is transforming to become the support organization for those businesses that do need enterprise grade support. Enterprise grade support will be purchased through tokens. So, fourth utility will be support and services.
0: You guys are actually a utility token.
1: Correct. 100%.
0: Look, there's a strong line in the industry right now of what is utility and what is security. So, that's why I said that. It's good. It's a good thing. How does the value of a utility token increase? And I'm not saying that because I I want a speculator to say, hey, go out and get these guys' token because it's going to go up. I'm just curious. If it is just a utility, why would the value of the token increase?
1: Yeah, so that's a really good question. And many projects fail to answer that question clearly. So I'll try to give a clear answer. And I'm going to use Bitcoin. You won't often hear people use Bitcoin in an enterprise context. The reason why Bitcoin has value, intrinsic value, is first of all, there are limited number of coins available. Second is, the utility, the usage of Bitcoin, as it increases, makes the whole ecosystem more valuable. Because if you want to transact in Bitcoins, you have to acquire Bitcoins. And the more people using Bitcoins, it becomes a rarer element. So if the intrinsic utility of the token is positive, i.e. has a real use case, if the, the ecosystem gets used, the token will increase in price or in value, I should say. The same applies to to Ergo. We have issued 500 million tokens and those tokens are set that's the maximum amount of tokens that any developer or any user could acquire to run smart contracts it's the same amount of tokens will be available for block producers who want to acquire tokens to provide services and stake those tokens to play in the ecosystem it's also the maximum amount of tokens for any support contract in the future so if you Take a positive view and see Ergo will develop over the next 10 to 50 years as a platform of choice. The more usage of the ecosystem will drive demand for the limited number of tokens. There's actually an economic theory behind this. It's no, called the nice. Genova's Paradox. Genova, J-E-N-O-V-A. And what it says in an ecosystem where a technology is, is gets adopted and increases the usefulness of the architecture, This drives more demand for the service, which in turn drives more utility and more value in the ecosystem. In other words, if you have a technical solution that improves the use of a platform, in this case, Ergo tokens and Ergo itself, it will drive more demand, more demand drives more utility and more value in the ecosystem. So it's a closed loop system. So I'll go back to the Bitcoin example. If Bitcoin usage increases in the th- next few years, the Bitcoin price value will increase, not because of speculation, because of limited availability of the tokens. Mm-hmm. The same will apply to Ergo. As the platform gets deployed by developers around the world and businesses, there'll be more and more users asking for tokens to run their service, run their the gas model, and also for service providers to provide the service. The more demand on a limited number of tokens increases the value of the token itself.
0: Where can people learn more about the Genova paradox? Is there a, a good resource or a, a one-on-one explanation for it?
1: Yeah, yes. It's actually the easiest way to look on Wikipedia. I would say just go on Wikipedia, Genova's paradox, J-E-N-O-V-A. And it has examples of how it was used in different industries over the last 20 years. And I think over time, you'll see many large projects like Ergo, using this as a reference model to try to explain how the utility of a token increases with usage in the ecosystem. Awesome. In short, in short, if our system gets adopted and used, it will drive demand for the tokens, which will tr- drive the utility, which will drive the intrinsic value up.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like you guys have met most, if not all of your, your guys' hard-cap needs to launch the Ergo Foundation. You guys have a lot of financial backing. What are you guys looking for from the community?
1: In fact, let's define what the community is. The community for us are both blockchain developers, open source developers, the app developers, and technology providers and customers. So quite a broad range. So okay. we have raised significant funding to not only develop the core tech, extend the extend the But that we will be reaching out very shortly to DApp developers around the world, open source developers around the world, and university labs around the world to give them a chance to understand the Ergo platform and see whether this is something they want to adopt and extend. This goes back to what I mentioned earlier about being an open source foundation and not-for-profit. By being open source and non-profit, it enables us to attract and work with many, many other participants that typically you don't hear about in blockchain We are very, very developer-focused. So these funds are available for not only developing the core tech internally, but attracting third parties as well. So if there's anybody listening to this uh, podcast and is interested in looking at this technology, talk to us, go to our website. We'd be glad to speak to anybody who genuinely wants to help us build out this ecosystem. So we're very, very developer and uh, community-friendly.
0: Hey, man, you guys have a very robust community. I, I looked into it, and... You know even your telegram group there's a lot of questions good questions engagement and you can tell it's just not a fake group which is which is cool that's uh yeah, that's one of those Thank things. you. That's one of Thank those you. things that we look at. I want to wrap up with talking about your company's organizational structure because the rate of failure in this space, the amount of brilliant people that are in this space, and the amount of failure that is involved in this space, it's a lot. And I know that a lot of small businesses fail, but you know, you're talking about not big teams with lots of money, which when they say small businesses fail, it's usually because they don't have the capital, right? But in this space, there's enormous raises, and they still fail. And a lot of that tends to be chalked up to organizational incompetence. Not so much that somebody was a crook. Of course, there's bad actors. And you guys said you guys have one of the most capable teams in blockchain. And I started at the very beginning by saying, you know, let's talk about you just for a minute. What have you led? Because you're basically... The, the visionary, right? The, the Here's where we're going, guys. Now we got to get it done. How does your day-to-day organization look like? If yes. this is the mission and the vision, how is it being executed? Do you guys have operations teams? Do you guys have a capable chief operating officer? Like, how does that work? Or are you sending emails? Are you shooting out emails to the people and trying to fly out and hustle deals?
1: No, that's a good point. And if, in fact, the word you used was literally 10 seconds ago was execution. We believe many of these projects are struggling and failing because they lack the execution know-how that is needed to really build a business. Uh, There's a reason why experience is called experience. It's great that people write great white papers and have great ideas about blockchain, but unless you understand what customers' challenges really are, what enterprises' challenges are day-to-day and have done this for many years, it's difficult to navigate the, the milestones that are required. So what we do within Ergo, we have a pretty solid long-term strategy, but we break this down into yearly and quarterly targets. And what we're doing is combining technical expertise with business expertise. So, I'm glad to say that as of the last three months, we've doubled the team size to 86 people. We have over 55 developers. And for the next 18 months, we'll be doubling the team every six months. That will be quite a large undertaking. So, this will be a team of over 200 developers pretty soon. uh, And also at least 100 business development experts, people who've worked in companies like Red Hat and other companies, where they've listened, have understood the challenges that businesses have in adopting new technologies and using that skill set and that expertise to walk before they run. So in short, we spend a lot of time on execution and thinking through what are the key steps needed mm-hmm. to help companies go from stage one to stage two to stage three.
0: Matthew, Aaron, and I, we're huge advocates of of industry helping the average consumer or somebody who wants to get into a company like yourself, somebody's listening right now. And they said, you guys have got 86 people. You're going to double that in the next six months. And, you know, what they hear then is you're going to hire developers, but they don't have any technical chops, but maybe they're excellent at marketing operations, you know, administration. Are you guys recruiting from different industries outside of tech to strengthen the operational side of your business? And if so, how can people know how to get into your company or even apply for your company?
1: I want to be clear. We're not just hiring developers. We're hiring business development, marketing, and operations, people all around the world. We've got people now. In in fact, even in Brazil, we have Brazil, Canada, London, and uh, Berlin as regional offices here. So we're beyond Korea. So I guess my final comment would be, if anybody really is excited about the space, about what we're trying to do, about solving this, these these challenges and wants to really be into a cool, disruptive industry, talk to us. We will hire people who have zero technical expertise. I really look for, I've had the benefit of hiring over 600 people in my career. I always look for positive mental attitude. So if somebody is motivated and generally has some skills that they think can, can be applied, talk to us. We're very open, you can talk to us through our Hello Ergo email channel. You can contact me via LinkedIn as well. In general, we always are open to talk to anybody because sometimes the best people are the youngest people, the people who don't have the skills from an industry that bring in a plethora, a mixture of new skills that are needed here. So we're we're open for business and we're open to talking to anybody really who, as I said, has a positive mental attitude and thinks they can help.
0: Fantastic. That will go in the show notes, people. Get some. Get your ambition on.
1: That's it. Apply it out.
0: <laughs> Why won't you guys fail?
1: Well, we are not arrogant enough to think that we won't fail every project has a high chance of failure. We think if we stay humble, stay focused, and keep attracting not only great people to work for us, but work with like-minded organizations who genuinely want to look at this new technology as a way of doing something new for their business, we think we have a chance. Uh, but there's many, many reasons why we would fail. We hope we have most of those covered by the combination of the great technical skill we have, the skills we have, but also the new team with business expertise. We're trying to cover up all the risks we think we have a good chance, but no more than a chance. But we are pretty optimistic that if we stay humble, stay focused on what we do well, and stay close to our core knitting, we have a great chance to be successful.
0: Fantastic. Last question. Where are you guys at in the next two years?
1: Right now, if people ask the question, what is Ergo? Not many will know unless they've read the white paper or more engaged with us. We hope within two years, when people hear the word Ergo, they will be able to answer this question. Or, or Ergo is the platform that does that 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 whatever the that that dot is so we hope that be- it becomes a common theme now our slogan will become something like this ergo distributed trust at scale so a distributed architecture that allows businesses to use trust to engage with others and it also scales so we hope that over the next two years our message and our technology is not only adopted but our brand becomes more wide or widely widely accepted that's what we hope
0: phil Thank you so much for being on the show. You got me a little excited about your project, to be honest with you. So I hope others are.
1: Yeah, thank else? you very much. Is there anything else you no, want to no. add before we close out? No, I just want to thank you for taking time to listen about me and also for your audience for listening to the podcast. So uh, thanks ever so much and look forward to talking to you again in the future. Thank you very much.
0: Yo, yo, everyone. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed the show, then check out the links on the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe to ICO 101 podcast by going to the Crypto 101 podcast feed that is found on iTunes, SoundCloud and CastBox and leave a positive review. Please follow me on Twitter at sub Aaron Paul and ICO 101 podcast. Until next time. Peace.